the is it morning yet deal. How about now? Or now? Because morning time is McDonald's breakfast time. And that's the best time of all the times. Wake up with a little splash of sweetness. Get any size iced coffee from caramel to hazelnut to French vanilla for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast but the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Grab the perfect get-up-and-go breakfast for you and your crew. Right now, two soft and fluffy, fully loaded sausage burritos are just three bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Once Upon a Timing, your podcast all about dreams, dust, and some serious questions about asexual reproduction. I am Beth Eldrickin, and I'm joined as always by the lovely Abby. Abby, how are you doing? Beth, Beth, when eggs are laid, they are they're they're they come out fully formed. They don't get any bigger. Like they come out as big as they are, and the thing that's inside of them grows and grows and grows and grows until they get too big, and then they crack out of the egg. Which means there is either a dwarf, like a big giant dwarf somewhere laying big giant dwarf eggs, or, hold on to this theory with me, there's a giant serpent that lives in the caves that just lays eggs for, of dwarfs, and, that's, and, it, and they keep up his home habitat and all he eats are diamonds. I have a whole theory for it. Either way, the egg thing answer, asks more questions than it answers, and um, that's how I'm doing. I cannot stop thinking about dwarf eggs and where they come from and why they exist. Yeah, this is um, widely considered to be one of the worst uh, episodes of season one. And I both agree and disagree because this episode is freaking wild, but I don't necessarily always consider that a bad thing because this episode is freaking wild. We are Um, talking. (laughs) We're talking about season one, episode 14, Dreamy. Uh, but before we get to that, we do have a little bit of a special announcement. It's actually kind of fitting that we are talking about an episode about eggs and people. Like your announcement's getting weird, Beth. Your announcement's getting weird. I know it's weird. really weird. I-, I was trying to come up with transition. It's not quite working the way I thought it would in my brain. But alas, uh, I have a special announcement. Um, following in the footsteps of the lovely Abby, uh, I am expecting my own baby dragon. Yay! <laughs> The hardest secret I've ever kept. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yes, Abby has known for quite a while now. Uh, We are at uh, 12 weeks and uh, actually be almost 13 weeks by the time this episode comes out. Uh, We're very excited. And uh, due date is March 5th, uh, 2021. And, uh, of course, you know, when that comes, we'll have some conversations about what will happen with the podcast in the interim. But you know what? That's in the future. In the meantime, let's talk about baby dragons for one second. And then we're going to talk about giant snakes. Yeah, and that's this what is, happened. This, yeah, your maternity leave is for future Abby and future Beth to deal with in what I can only hope is a post-COVID world. Uh, we'll that, see. March 2021 <laughs> sounds like it's, unfortunately for you, a thousand years away. Um <laughs> 
I haven't been able to have alcohol, you guys. It's really unfair. A warrior. She's doing it as... <laughs> I I am so excited for another baby dragon. This mm-hmm. pod- And you know what this means? Guys, in the middle of March, Beth will be able to finally come on this podcast and start screaming, As a mother, <laughs> I'm angry about dwarf eggs. <laughs> and let me tell you why. It's a wonderful feeling, Beth. It's like saying as a tax-paying American. It's just a great feeling you get as an adult. I love it. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we are going to go ahead and start by heading back into fairy tale land. We're just going to run through this uh, this B-plot uh, real quick <laughs> before getting into the Miner's Day Festival. This episode, there's a lot to get through, guys. Oh, my Of God. course, we... <laughs> Of course, one of the greatest parts about this episode is we get to spend even more time with not only one uh, fairy godmother costume, but two. Oh my god. Yeah, not... I, I finally kind of realized what they kind of seem like, and they seem like... um, Like, if I were 16 and decided, I'm gonna get a like, dress from Goodwill, but I'm gonna, like, make it different, and mm-hmm. I also got gloves. Because it is just, like, I'm on my way to prom in 2003... Like a lot, it has that. Especially Nova's the color that Nova goes with. Like it's such a specific, and this isn't against the actress, um, but it's it's such a young color, so mm-hmm. it didn't look like it fit her quite right. Like it just it didn't seem. I just didn't get the connection between the two of it. Like whatever. I know we already hate the fairy costumes in general, but it just it just looked. I didn't like it. I don't know why. I don't know if it was the hairstyle. I don't know what it was. I liked Nova. I enjoyed this character. I did not like most of everything about what she was. Well, she was played uh, by Amy Acker, who is uh, from Angel. Uh, she's been on a lot of uh, a lot of shows, Dollhouse, uh, so a lot of Joss Whedon stuff. And she's great. I love her. She's awesome. Oh, she was also in that um, that X Men show that was on Fox for a couple of seasons. I don't quite remember what it was called though. <laughs> R.I.P. Lots of X Men stuff, you guys. X-Men. Uh, I actually I thought the color was really nice on her, but I do agree that it's a young color. But it went with her skin tone so well. Okay, I could see. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't like. It didn't clash with her. Like it didn't seem like it wasn't like her coloring. Like she was. She's definitely. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Spring. I don't know what that is. Uh, but it was just. It just didn't look like it was a dress that was made for for her. Like it looked like she wore that dress like twenty years ago, and she was like, "Look, I still fit in it." I don't know. This isn't to to, to bash or anything. It just. It just the the fairy costumes. Just. I don't know They're- where they found them. I don't know why they had this idea. I don't like any of it. They're weird boob-filled jellyfish creatures, and it's strange. Well, and so here's the best part, and so we're, this, this is all we'll talk about. We're not even talking about the plot. We're yeah, just we're not talking, talking about, about the episode. Just the outfit. this episode introduces, um, and I didn't realize it started this early, um, everyone side-eyeing the blue fairy. Because weird, I, she barely says anything in this episode, and I don't trust her immediately. Um... And I don't know if it also has to do with, this isn't even her costume. It's just how her hair is. Her hair has a very, like, witch vibe to it. Like, mm-hmm. I love it, but it definitely does. If that if that fairy came at me, I'd be like, oh, she's going to skin me like a cat. Like, oh, no. <laughs> so in this episode, um, the, uh, the Nova 
a newer fairy uh, comes to this uh, comes to uh, uh, the the blue fairy, the notable blue fairy. They're in the clouds, and Nova has been tasked yet again with uh, picking up this year's shipment of fairy dust, which is the most important magical substance in all the land. Basically, keeps everything running, and it turns out we have a whole. Uh, in slavery market that is dedicated to it that they never acknowledge as a slavery market. And we're going to get to it, guys, because it's weird and I, wild. <clears throat> I do like how much uh, importance is put on the fairy dust and saying this is this is the most important. This is a yearly shipment. It's all we get, and we cannot screw this up. It's in a bag that we have given to the clumsiest person on this television show. <laughs> like, yes. so clumsy, I'm not 100% sure you could be this clumsy and have made it to adulthood. Um, and it's just like, why would we... Why would we give this job to this this fairy? Like, this seems like a very important job. It also seems like there should be, like, a better process for how we deliver the most important shipment of fairy dust. Yeah, it's even like a drawstring bag that can open. This and is this seep out. Is, yeah, it seeps oh, out because hmm. that's how the whole thing starts. So the blue fairy tells Nova that uh, next year she's getting a bit of a promotion and that she'll get to actually do it on her own without being supervised. And Nova takes this pretty hard because she's like, "Oh, I thought I'd be a fairy godmother by then." And blue fairy just freaking laughs in her face and says, "Girl, a- you're you're no." Like, not even, like, a cute, oh, honey, no, 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 no. It takes years to become a fairy godmother. Um, You have to do some, like, whatever. No, she's just like, oh, no. Yeah, only, she just shuts it down. Only, only winners like me get to fairy godmother status within a year because I'm a winner. And it's just, I am. I'm just so amazing. Um, And so, she, you know, Nova's like, okay, I guess. And she flies away. Um, not before spilling out some of the fairy dust. Precious fairy dust. Precious, because precious fairy dust. Why is she responsible for it? Well, it falls down and it falls onto one of dozens, if not hundreds, of eggs that are just spewed all over this cavern floor. And uh, this is where we get one of the um, more creative interpretations of classic f- Disney-fied t- fairy tales. Uh, these are the dwarves, and this is how they're born. They come out as fully formed, 40s, 50-year-old, much older in some cases, men. How long do these people live? How, like, and they, like, I love that they exposition right up atop. What am I? You're a dwarf. What am I doing here? You were born into servitude. Cool. Awesome. There are no females. Um, you don't fall in love. You were born from an egg. Full stop. Okay. So. In pajamas. Where do the eggs come from? Like I said at the top, eggs come out one size. They don't get any bigger. Like chicken eggs don't come out real tiny. They come out the full size and then the thing grows until it gets bigger. So the idea here is that something laid this egg. Mm-hmm. Did it just pop up out of the ground did they grow are they like pods are they more like a pollen thing or again i'm still with the whole giant cave serpent that feeds off diamonds and lays eggs to to harvest his diamonds and also pixie dust or fairy dust or whatever anyway the eggs thing is so uncomfortable because there's also so many of them 
Yeah. They're like Godzilla sides, like the end of like that early 2000s Godzilla when they cut to the bottom in, of New York and there's all those eggs. <laughs> That's and, what it and, looks like. And it turns out they were Godzilla raptors because they had to have a raptor oh my scene God. in Godzilla. <laughs> so, yeah, like, and my, my, the other questions I have are, you know, how many dwarves are there? Is this like a once a year thing? Because he's like, oh, this one isn't supposed to hatch until 2 p.m., so are they hatching daily? Are they producing some daily? How many dwarves are there? Uh, do they have so many eggs? Because they assume a lot of them just aren't going to make it. Is there a survival well, rate? They are. Yeah, the they are eggs? miners. They are miners, and mining is a very dangerous, um, a very dangerous pr- uh, profession. I'm going to assume the the fairy tale land does not have an OSHA of any sort. Uh, so they're working under terrible working conditions. I mean, they let the guy work down there that just sneezes all the time, and they just let him work there. Uh, which, by the way, sneezy in a COVID world is very uncomfortable. <laughs> um, it's like, wear a mask. Yeah, he's just, oh, God, gross, dude. Don't sneeze on his pancakes. Um, but, yeah, there's there's – it reminded me, and this is hearkening back to my being obsessed with Doctor Who phase – there's a whole episode of Doctor Who where, like, there's just this, like, war of generations going on that they just keep reproducing fully formed humans. And they realize they've only been fighting for, like, 36 hours, but they've been killing each other for, like, generations. So it's just been, like, every hour another generation dies. It's something of, around those natures. So when they're like, yeah, he's not supposed to hatch uh, till later today. which is like, are they dying at such a rapid rate that you have to have daily waves of dwarves? Because they also yeah. seem to team them up, where it's just like, oh, by the way, you and your seven brethren, it's like, okay, so you form them in forms of eight, and then you send them down to hole to die. Yeah. So he is the first one to emerge uh, earlier than the others, thanks to the magical fairy dust. This is grumpy, but he doesn't start out as grumpy. He's, no. not, he's not such a grumpy old dude. He is a very happy, hopeful, bright-eyed guy that's very funny to watch because every time other time you see this act this is an actor who doesn't do this naturally it yeah. comes off very unnatural i'm not saying he's bad at it it's just not him you can tell no one has ever cast him and went oh by the way for like a little bit we're going to need you to be like santa claus happy like everything's going to be great just dreams and puppy dog tail. It's going to be amazing. Yay! Like, he he tried. And again, I'm with you. It's not bad. It's just... It it, it was a stretch for him. Mm-hmm. And because obviously he does the grumpy thing very well. Like, he can do that in his sleep. But this was... He was just, just smiles and dreams. And guys, it's all going to be okay. Because they also need him to be very naive. Yes. Um, well, they're all naive because... They're all just they born. Freshly born. Be- yeah. Fully, fully formed. Vote vote age ready. <laughs> full age man. Uh, all white men, by the way. Let's come on once upon a time. What are we doing? Uh, but I do like the idea that what they then do is, oh, by the way, you're born. We're going to dress you. Here's your pickaxe that's going to tell you what your name is. Straight to work. Like, nothing else. We don't get any other information. No, hey, by the way, that feeling you feel in your stomach, that's hunger. Also, you may need to, you know, potty train them or something. I don't know. (laughs) But yeah, they all, 
Yeah. Yeah, they all like we get this really weird montage where all the newly hatched dwarfs are like getting put through the paces or they're getting their they're getting their routine and their routine is uh you know you don't get to fall in love you don't get to do anything except mine and you're gonna be happy while doing it damn it you're gonna sing about it yeah no one's ever sung no (laughs) one's ever sung a song when they're sad no no and you know grumpy's like but what if i don't want to what if you know i saw this vision of a woman i want to find her instead they're like shut up no this is this is you and like i don't feel like they really address the horrific ramifications of this like ever no these dwarves are born from eggs they're immediately put into work clothes and they're sent into the mines and that's all they do and the show acts like this is fine yeah they're not allowed to go explore the world Nope. They're barely allowed to leave. Like, that's basically what Ed Dreamy basically says at one point. He's like, no, I don't get out of the mines much. For the first year of his life, he only worked. And for the rest of his days, he will only work. Like, the only time they're not in the they're not in the caves is when they're apparently in a bar drinking. They're one mm-hmm. years old. Listen, I don't want to tell you how to raise your child, Beth. When <laughs> They shouldn't be drinking in the first year of their life. It's not good for them. <laughs> it's it will stunt their little dwarfy growth um it this is just so weird you're right like there's so much like i i can't believe that dreamy would be the first one that came out and went i don't get to no uh especially when they get to interact with people from the outside world which we then later find yeah the 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 moral of this story you know it seems to be that your place is your place and it, it might not be the best, but it's the best for everyone involved. And, and that's like the ultimate moral of this story. And you know that, but first we've got to get to that point because dreamy has dreams. There's a theme of this episode. And it's, if you dream, you can dream. A dream dream hard. is a dream you dream. <laughs> well, Dreamy is working in the mines, uh, getting some diamonds and other gems that they're going to grind into fairy dust. And Nova's there uh, to collect that dust for her annual pickup. But of course, she's a freaking clut, so she can't. She keeps trying to pull the lever, but all she has to do is like push it, and she'd be fine. <laughs> See, this can't is why figure we figure it out. This is why we have OSHA with signs and a ladder, so you're also not doing this up up, up above your head to the like you have no strength or coordination up here. Sorry, as, yeah. as a as a health and safety person, this whole episode really bothered me. Um yeah. <laughs> but but don't worry, uh a one year old comes to her rescue. Oh, yes, he does, because this is the lines and it's all he knows. And she, he recognizes her as the, the woman from his vision that he saw when she, he was born. The woman he was always wanting to meet, which she's just like, okay. <laughs> cool. Uh, but cool. there's no time for that because she immediately puts the, the fairy dust into peril by, like, get, getting it stuck at the conveyor belt above them. And even though she has wings, all she does is just go, oh, no, it's going to the furnace. Oh, no. Leaving a one-year-old dwarf to go rescue it. 
I will say one of the things that did bother me about Nova, and I don't know if the actress herself made these noises, but when we first see her when she's flying around, she just makes a bunch of weird noises like, oh, oh, woo. It's like, I don't like those noises. No. It was weird. I didn't like it. And she did this again in this scene. And yes, they were going inexplicably to an, a furnace, which again, <laughs> should have had an e-stop on it, which would have saved this whole problem. <laughs> anyway, uh, he saves them. And she's like, oh my God. Thank you so much. You know what's super cool? There's fireflies that come out on this hill, on Firefly Hill, and it's so beautiful. It would be so cool if, like, I had someone to go with. And he was like, yeah, it'd be super cool if you had someone to go with. Anyway, see you later. Bye. Peace out. This is actually my favorite. This is my favorite scene in the whole episode. Um, I really loved this quick moment where he's just like, all right, have a great time. Wow, that does sound great. and she doesn't like get mad at him or anything which i also appreciated it's more like she just assumes that he's not interested and she goes okay thank you and then she she leaves because you know she just got rejected but she's not gonna let it bring her down i i do also like my assumption there was that she probably just went oh i must have played that wrong like i i don't Mm -hmm. think either one of them walked away really hurt like it was just one of those he must just not under like maybe i'm just not doing this right you know what it was not meant to be and then they all head on their way I have a feeling neither of them have uh, too many critical thinking skills. No, like both of them uh, walked away and almost completely forgot about the interaction. Um, But, (laughs) but dreamy goes and then they're like getting a nightcap. Like I get at the the, local watering hole, a local watering hole that is being frequented by hold on to your hat, Beth. (laughs) (laughs) bell an alcoholic bell an alcoholic bell who <laughs> has deep into the mead who has terrible um insight based on her recent experience yeah see i hated this whole scene this was not uplifting this did not make no. me feel good and warm and fuzzy this made me feel horrified and upset no because like Dreamy is, he's a little confused, but he's not mad or he's not sad. Like he's, he's a little sad, but he's just like, he doesn't understand what he's feeling. He's like, I don't, I don't feel hungry. I don't feel like I can drink. You know, the very stereotypical stuff. And then Belle's just like, let me tell you, it's love. I would know because Uh, I had the greatest love of all that isn't at all abusive or problematic. I mean, I know true love. I mean, just short of chain smoking while she's doing it. Let me tell you about love, kid. (laughs) It's going to make you feel like shit. But you know what? You need to go feel those things. You need to have those things. Don't let it slip through your fingers. You buying this round? Cool. I it's too late go. for me. They cut me off. Go buy my go buy my beer at the table and bring it back. They won't serve me anymore. <laughs> yeah, her basic was just like, oh yeah, I was in love once. You fell, you weren't. Uh, no. And she's like, but that's a great feeling and you should go after it. He's like, you're right. I should definitely go to Firefly Hill that I've never heard of and have no directions to. Here we go. <laughs> uh, but he does go. And um, he meets up with Nova. They have a, a, a sweet moment. I liked the two of them together. I thought they were cute. Um, she, you know, talks about, you know, she talks about, hey, I get to see all the world. I fly it, but I never get to really be a part of it. And this is something that Dreamy has in common. Both of them kind of are trapped in these roles that have been set for them. And so he decides, hey, I've always wanted to have a boat. 
why don't we sail, you know, why don't we go sail away together? We can see the world for ourselves forever. And she loves the idea. They share a kiss and they're going to, they're going to do it. They're going to run away. (laughs) This had such a like Titanic vacation love interest vibe to it. Like I've known you for five minutes. Let's go sail around the world. Let's totally do it. I'll do it. Let's go. Wait, what's your name again? Oh, okay, cool. Let's go. <laughs> uh, they're going to do it. They're going to sneak out in the middle of the night, and they're going to go. Mm-hmm. And um, again, I you you brought this up to me while we were all caps texting back and forth about <laughs> yes. this episode. Um, when you're creating a legion of, of unpaid indentured servants to mine your things... Why is it important that there's one that's really good at rogue shit? Like, why does there need to be a spy? Why is there a dwarf spy among the dwarves? Because, yeah, Dreamy and Stealthy share a scene together because Stealthy naturally catches Dream. Maybe that's why Stealthy's supposed to be a narc. Oh, he's the he's the police state kid. Yeah. Like, ah! <laughs> he's the one who can know when someone's sneaking away so that he can report shouting. them. Sounding the alarm. I love how supportive everyone is, though. They're just like, yeah. are you leaving us forever? Oh, my God, you're going to go sailing? Don't forget your pickaxe. And he's like, I don't I don't need that. And Happy's just like, oh, why not? Or was it Sneezy? I don't remember. I just, again, with the naming. I like that that's how they copped out to the naming. But could you imagine, like, if, like, this, like, one chronic problem that you have was your name? Like, poor Sneezy. I feel bad for Sneezy so much. Like Also Dopey. Good lord. Oh, Dopey. Like, there's Doc and then there's Dopey. It's just like, boy, you pick some favorites. Like, he's the smart one. You're an idiot. Like, also, he sneezes. We ran out of names. It'd be like if, like, my name was Celiac. Be like, oh, Celiac over there. He's like, I can't eat gluten. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Gl- they're all like, gluten-y. see you later. We'll see you later. No big yeah. deal. Have a great time. And they go sneak out. But he's been caught by the warden and the blue fairy. And oh weird God. decisions were made. Yeah, this, this, I, was, was Jiminy Cricket there too? Or was I making that up in my mind? I feel like, I feel like you were making that up in your mind. Okay. I don't remember seeing him there, but it doesn't mean he wasn't there because I was more focused on the creepy guy who was never named. Uh, no, where, well, his name he? is, his, he's called Bossy. <laughs> There's Bossy and Watchy. Oh my god. Narky and Narker. Nar- yeah, exactly. Snitchy McSnitch Snitch. Um <laughs> But yeah, this this is and this is the scene where it all I mean, they're going for tragedy, of course, but this is the scene where it kind of all falls apart and it's for one main reason. Um so he, they, you know, he gets stopped by Bossy McBosser Pants and the uh, and the fairy godmother, and uh, they both tell him, "Look, if you guys do this, you're never going to be able to go back to your old life. Um, not only will you not be a dwarf anymore, uh, but 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 Nova will lose her wings, and she'll never be able to be a fairy godmother." Which one seems a little bit? Um, I- what? Why? <laughs> why can't they just take a break? Yeah, one seems so. So I kind of got where it's just like, it's like, listen, listen. She can't take a gap year. She's not allowed to do that. She's not allowed to. Do that. She has to learn. She's she's on a track. She can't get off of it. The part where it's like, don't worry, you know, dreamy. You're never going to be able to come back to this. Cool. Sounds fine to me. See you later. I've been living in a cave. I have vitamin D deficiency. I'm upset. Like, go, man, live your life. Uh, but Blue Fairy's plan is just. 
you know, she'll lose her wings, which if that's true, I guess that's a serious thing. You're like, no, she needs to be on the right track. She's much like dreamy. She's just sort of like at the will of her feelings. Uh, it's just like, no, she needs to stay on the track. I want to do all this other stuff. Cause, um, the, the scene that comes after this, uh, something stood out to me. So if you had anything to say on this, I don't want to jump ahead. Yeah, the, the the thing I wanted to add to this is that uh, it seemed like Nova was unhappy. And it seemed like this would make her happy. That's the thing I didn't care for. Because Nova shares in the previous scene that she doesn't like the fact that she's just being a fairy and looking over life without participating in it. And to be perfectly honest... I think anyone with half a brain knows she's never going to actually be a fairy godmother. Like she's never no. going to actually get promoted. The blue fairy is going to keep her down. So Listen, you can't be a fairy godmother. Sometimes you have to give people glass slippers and you can't drop those. Yeah. So I don't, I, I, I don't like, I feel like this is really cruel on their part because it sounded to me like both dreamy and Nova wanted this new life and, there and the moral of the story seems to be you don't know what you want yeah you don't know, know what, what you, you want. want let us people who are in charge of you for unexplained reasons uh tell you what's right which is um a very complicated message then and it's a very complicated message now um because what what blows my mind is the next scene when 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 dreamy goes and basically has to do what snow white did to Mm-hmm. to charming and just be like, I don't love you anymore. And like throw rocks at her. Get out of here. Get, get. Um, sh- he says, you know, it's what the blue fairy told me. And this is the part that stood out to me is because she, I mean, screeched. She was just like, what did she say? What did she say? Like, she was just like, what did she tell you to, to make you change your mind? Cause now I kind of don't believe that she would have lost her wings. The way she reacted was so mm-hmm. against her character. And it seemed so accusatory that just like she doesn't trust Blue Fairy, she doesn't, you know. Uh, clearly, she thinks Dreamy was manipulated, and she's just so heartbroken because she was ready to go. She even had a boat, and seeing a boat on the water made me very excited for pirates. But that's the point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so this whole scene was the, this whole episode was me going, oh yeah, this is where I stopped trusting the Blue Fairy and started thinking something was up, and I will hold on to that for the rest of my life. <laughs> Yeah, and and then, you know, she's pleading with him that that she loves him and that she wants this, and he's just like, I'm a dwarf, I can't love, and he just vamooses out, leaving her just, like, crying and confused and angry, and I really didn't like this at all. No. It's, 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 it's trauma for the sake of trauma. Like it's not, it's also drama, but it's more trauma. Like we're, you know, these are the sad stories and, you know, Dreamy goes back to the mines. He's like, where's my axe? And he's like feigning happiness. But this 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 scene I thought particular was actually very well acted by the actor mm-hmm. where he's like acting like he's Dreamy, but he's not. The, 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 the grumpy exterior is starting to come through. They give him the axe and then he starts like hitting the rock and he's just wailing on it in 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 frustration and rage until it breaks and he's like give me another axe another another and and he's no longer uh dreamy he is now grumpy the one that we know and love Uh, and the last thing i want to say to this is the thing that really angers me is that like i said this is trauma for the sake of trauma it's the sad story but 
every other sad trauma story we've gotten so far has a resolution and a happy ending. This one does not because Amy Acker does not come back. Nope. This, so that's this, what yep. I don't like. Like this is a similar uh, story of two people being kept apart because of societal norms that are being forced on them that they don't care for, which we see in other stories. Cinderella, we see it in Snow White, we see it in Red Riding Hood. We see it so many times, but this one never gets resolved. It's just left open-ended forever. And that's really yep. bad. It's it's and it's and it's genuinely heartbreaking because mm-hmm. knowing that how much farther we go forward and then they never talk about this again. I mean, they make a joke about the being laid in eggs. I don't remember what season it was, but I was just like, it's like, where were you born? I came out of an egg. And you're like, oh, yeah, they came out of eggs, bro. So weird. But I don't remember. I told you this before we started recording. I don't remember this episode at all. Like, mm-hmm. I think I remember being traumatized by the eggs thing, but I don't remember. When we talked about Dreamy, I remember it was heartbreaking. I didn't remember why. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know why. I just remember something weird and bad happened. Uh, like, this all got pushed from my brain. And I think it's mostly because of what happens in the present, which we will get to. Uh, but the last thing I did want to touch on is that I did like that the um, the warden, like, bossy McBoss face, when he saw that Grumpy's name got changed, he looked so concerned. Like, there's another B-plot <laughs> later where, like, they all gang up and kill this guy because he's just, like, because he looked like, oh, their names don't change. And his name just, like, got changed to, like, borderline arsonist. And it's just like, oh, damn. <laughs> Arsony. Well, he's just like, we need to keep, we need to Murdery. go find, like, we need to go get two more Narkies and have Narky and Narky 1 and Narky 2 come in here just in case he starts getting a little match lighty. Uh, yeah, this, this, I didn't care for this. I'm sad that Nova doesn't come back. I did... There's probably more to go with Nova. There would be more to see with her. But again, you just made a, like, Bella Swan level clumsy character. And it's just like, that's not really. No. You can't build not, anything off of that. <laughs> no, you can't build off of it. So, anyway. <laughs> oh, I, I would have loved it. His, na- his new name was Vendetta E against Bossy. It's <laughs> <Just> like, oh, shit. <laughs> and, and he's just like, all right, that's my name now. All right, Vendetta against Bossy, break time. You got it, Bossy. Wait, what is your what is your act say now? Uh, violent against authority figures. Well, axe never lies. Uh, excuse me, it's violent T against authority figures. Violent T, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Junior consistency. All right, well, let's go ahead and uh, venture to a present day where we've got um, we've got uh, Leroy. Who's uh, who's who's got an egg of his own? He does not want to be disturbed. Uh, first of all, I I I only noted that he cracked open the egg. I just didn't realize that it's funny because of how he came out of an egg. I just connected that in my brain for some reason. Oh, you did? I remember. <laughs> I, I don't know why because I just when they clip it, it's like here's the egg and it's clearly his breakfast, and he just smashes the shit out of it and then starts eating it. I'm like, that has so much eggshell in it. Like that's not oh, how yeah. you crack these eggs open. Uh, but apparently is like drunk at nine in the morning and sneezy and I don't know which one was with him. But he's just like, hey man, can you move over? And I didn't like this because he was just like, if I wanted to move over, I would have sat in that seat. I want to sit in this seat. <laughs> he's like, oh, okay. And then he sneezes in his food, which is a total power move because then Leroy leaves. <laughs> um, yeah, don't count don't count sneezy out. This is no. not an accident. Bi- biological war- or yeah, bi- yeah bio biological warfare. weapon. <laughs> uh, so as he he's getting ready to leave, but then but then Mary Margaret comes in, 
because Mary Margaret walking around with her scarlet letter A on her um, is has decided that she wants to um, she she wants to make good. She wants the people to like her, so she has volunteered for uh, Miners Day to help volunteer to sell candles. Because now she's trying to find volunteers to sell candles. This whole thing falls apart for me when she says she has 10 volunteers and she only has like one booth. It's like, what do you need 10 volunteers for? I assume shift work, but this seems like a very poorly laid out plan, especially knowing how many candles they sell later um, or they sold the year before, whatever. Um, but no one wants to join her because she, no. Beth, well, well, is they a all, harlot. They all quit. They all quit. Like the 10 she had, she had the before quit. Yeah. The 10 before she had quit. Uh, but no one wants to join her and she's so meek and she's just like, hello, I am, I am, I am Mary Margaret. You may know me from elementary school and teaching your children. Um, please help me sell candles to the miners. And they're like, no. And Leroy's just like, get out of my way, sister. She's like, okay. He's like, she's like, well, will you help me? And he's just like, listen, harlot, if you're the town harlot and you're asking the town drunk for help, you're in more trouble than you think you are. Get away. And this upsets her, obviously. And she leaves. My favorite part is that she leaves and Emma follows her. And when Emma gets to her, she's now wearing a full coat and hat. She was not wearing a full coat and hat when she left the store. <laughs> or left Granny's. But what she's wearing the whole time is basically head to toe white. Yes. Like Mary Margaret is is <laughs> is going, look, I need to send an image. And I'm that so image pure. is, I am Jesus. I am so pure and I am so cute. Look, I made a hat. And I made a, a scarf. Would someone who crochets be evil? I think not. Uh, and, and, and side note, um, I don't. I, I don't want to. I don't want to let Emma off on this one uh, because she looked just as uncomfortable, shifty eyes when Mary Margaret was asking her in the restaurant as she was asking everybody else. Because Emma was there, she was silent too. Yeah, Emma exactly. did not want to volunteer either. She, She's like, I didn't she, want to say anything. Yeah. I didn't want them to think I was weird. I'll, I'll, she never volunteers to help. No. That's my favorite part. No. Yeah, she no, she's not. She is not interested. I mean, she also has like a possible murder to murder. deal with. Murder. Uh, yeah. So she. <laughs> so Snow's just like, I'm just gonna sell candles because everyone thinks I'm the town uh, harlot, and everyone like, if you watch the scene, like all of the townspeople, every time they walk by, they're just like, ugh. 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 Does yeah. something smell to you? Yes, it smells like dog poop on the bottom of your shoe. Oh no, I didn't see Mary Margaret there. Hey girl. Like it's, it's like just... the opening scene of Beauty and the Beast when all the villagers just keep talking about Belle when she's walking around. Except yeah, exactly. this time Belle she's knows. Like, I don't know why everyone thinks I'm I'm so mean. I wish I could leave this poor, pathetic, terrible town. Um So So, so one thing I did want to point out with this, uh well there's two things. One, um, David never gets the same treatment the entire episode. We see him a couple of times. Every time we do, no one's giving him a side eye. And two, what I kind of just realized was this David has been in a coma for like 30 years. No one knows who he is. He just woke up. Why is everybody so invested in his marriage? What? Listen, I don't care if he wasn't in a coma. Why is anyone invested this much enough to shun her? Like, listen, I've lived in a small town. I know how it goes. Um, a cheating husband, uh, not that big of a deal. <laughs> like, honest to God. Like, it, it would get around and everyone would make their opinions, but someone would side with Snow or Mary Margaret. 
That's how it goes. Not the entire, the entire town would not just be like, aha, a harlot. You'd have some people going, you know what? No, he just came out of a coma. Like, that's what happens. Like, that's the real world implication. It doesn't matter if the right people are on your side or not, but there are people who would be on Mary Margaret's side on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, I agree. No one gives David any sort of shit about this, but also David is never seen with anybody else. David is just like now alone. He doesn't have any friends. No one cares about him. Mary Margaret says it and it and it made my eye twitch when she said it. She's like, I've never been a home wrecker before. And I'm like, You are not a home wrecker. You cannot wreck that home. Char or David wrecked that home. Like, you cannot wreck a home that is not yours. Like, it's not like she ran in there and just started like making out with him and he was not willing and then mm-hmm. like got a divorce. He was a willing participant and he broke up his own marriage. He made that choice. He wrecked it. She she he wrecked it. She had an affair. Like, okay. But also, know, she, she, she did a bad thing, but she didn't wreck his home because that's yeah. his choice. But also, her complete and utter surprise about all of this still baffles me. It's Where so she's just weird. like, I've never been a homewrecker before. I'm like, you knew he was married the whole time. What did you think a homewrecker was? Even if they, even if this was quiet, if this was like a quiet divorce that they didn't even find out about the, his illicit affair. Uh, like they just got divorced. It was fine. It was amicable. She went to Boston and everything. And then they got together after a nice amount of time or something like that. She was still part of that. And he Mm -hmm. still wrecked his own home by doing that. Like it doesn't matter if it's a big explosion or a very quiet sputtering. She had an active hand in that. And her, her surprise by this blows my mind constantly. It's just like, (laughs) did anyone in that writer's room ever, ever, I, I don't know, ever have any part of something like that? Because that seems pretty common. Like Anyway, doesn't matter. So, Emma then has to go investigate a murder. And she's just like, <laughs> I think you know what probably happened. Because she's sitting there just like taking pictures of Catherine's car that is clearly mm-hmm. careened off the side of the road. The door is wide open and the keys are still in it. Uh, Sydney shows up and he's just like, oh, well, this is probably a good story scoop. I'm going to definitely publish this. Because I'm now an ambulance chaser. Yeah, I'm just going to uh, invade your space, officer, and uh, just take a shit ton of photos, and you're never going to say anything to stop me. No. Yeah, this is completely normal and completely fine. Um, And then, so Emma says something completely weird, and she's just like, well, you know what probably happened? She probably just parked her car here and hitched the rest of the way there. Is that what that looks like? Do when I decided to just like ditch everything and then they're like, oh no, her luggage is still in the car. Yes, you're right. The narrative completely fell apart now. Like, <laughs> it's a terrible plan to start with. Uh, so she's like, I'm just going to have to pull her phone records. And then Sydney says, I have connections at the phone company. It will take you, the sheriff, longer to subpoena her phone records than it would for me an out-of-work journalist to get the same information. Let me hook you up. And she goes, okay. And that's just the end of that. She Um, doesn't question this at all, which is so weird to me. No, she never just goes, huh, huh. Why would the newspaper be able to access phone records in a legal way more than me, the sheriff? Huh. Anyway, cool thing he's going to help me. And my favorite part is that it still takes him a long time to procure these phone records because the phone records are just something that Regina 
prints off at her home. Mm-hmm. Probably. I bet if we looked at it, it was printed on Regina Mills' letterhead. Like, <laughs> like the Regina Mills phone company. Five, 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 up. So now we have fake phone records that has the moment of her disappearance and she was on the phone with David, but David said he didn't talk to her. So now Emma is in... She's confused and she's upset. Mm -hmm. She's like, no, no, no. David wouldn't lie to me. I have a superpower. This is, this is, but the phone records wouldn't lie because they were definitely procured in a very legal and very fine way. And I definitely validated where they came from. So I can't not trust those. I should definitely not trust this guy. It's, it's a, it's a mixed bag. It's, she's not doing very good share thing. Nope. It's almost like she's never been trained. <laughs> <laughs> and then and, and Regina just keeps like pushing her to like arrest people and then and, and, and like yeah like again if Emma's got such a bullshit alarm how does Regina just randomly showing up be like excuse me did my best friend full names her uh did my best friend Catherine are you doing anything about it haven't you made any arrests oh uh, you're hiding something it's just like i'm just sitting here drinking my cocoa with cinnamon on it i don't know what you think i'm hiding like this is such a bullshit thing why would she know why would she say any of this regina is suspect obviously but uh emma emma has to come to a hard decision but meanwhile mm -hmm. the town harlot and the town drunk are off selling candles but Le it took Leroy a little extra convincing to to finally get involved. Yes, because there was a very pretty nun involved. Uh, because he was just sort of walking, doing his thing. And then, is it fake snow or real snow? I couldn't tell what was happening, but... Sh I thought it was... I think it was glitter. It was glitter. I don't know what she was doing with glitter and a giant weave of light bulbs, but okay. Because it's fairy dust? I don't I know. It's I just know. like... It's, it's just freaking metaphors, man. I just, it's just deep. I just Parallels. assume based on... I assume based on her character, she has, like, a craft table, so she has just, like, glitter, like, up her sleeves all the time. Just, like, um, she dumps a little bit of this glitter, snow, whatever, on top of Leroy's head. And she comes down, and she's just like, oh, no! And she's, like, trying to brush it off of him, and he's, what I assume is through a haze of breakfast scotch, is just like, oh, wow, she's super pretty. Oh, man, she's so pretty. Oh, and man, she's, she's so like, pretty. touching his face and his mouth and, like, I get that she's a nun. She's also an adult. Yep. This is like, just because you're a nun and you've pledged your, you know, you've pledged your, your life and your body to Jesus, it, it doesn't give you free reign to just like touch people in, in intimate areas without getting their consent. I was like, oh no, it's fine. I'm a nun. I don't have sex. I do like that she has like really like uh like tight fitting leather gloves as well and she's just like pawing at his face just like oh I'll get this off of you I'll get this off of you and it's just like girl no stop and so he's just like oh my god human contact you're so pretty uh you're about to blow yourself up with these light bulbs here let me fix it for you so he goes up and he fixes it and she's like oh my god you're a hero and he's like I'm a janitor I'm not a hero and she's like well I think it's pretty nice and he's like it's wow. a noble profession She's like, it's a noble profession. And you, and he's like, yeah. And then he does what anyone with a lot of baggage and who doesn't really have a lot of people to talk to, she says, speaking as someone who does this sometimes, uh, to random people, uh, where he just starts going, I had a boat. I was going to fix it up. I didn't do it, though. I'm sad. I was going to sail. She's like, I love 
cocktailing. That would be great. And he's like, oh my God. And so she leaves and she leaves like a flirty 14 year old who's never seen a boy before. Like, oh my God, there's so many people here. Oh my God. Oh, oh I guess I'm going this way. Oh no. Oh God. Oh, I'm so, I'm so dizzy. Oh. Yeah. Like, okay. So here's a question. Okay. Was she, do you think she was flirting with him? Do you think she was attracted to him? Or do you think this was just something else that's a little bit uncomfortable? I think that's just how she is. Like manic pixie fairy nun. Like, I think that's just how she is with someone showing her kindness and affection too, because I think the only other person she interacts with is, uh, what do they call her? Uh, she's the, what's blue fairy as a nun? The um, warden? I don't know. She's the I, I know, right? No, she has, she's like the, the lead sister. The Can we just call sister. her the worst? Also, by the way, Sister Act is definitely on Netflix. 100% watching that. Um, she, Mother Superior. Um, and she only interacts with her and she soups mean to her. So I could see like anybody being nice to her, especially like, I don't know, a guy. I don't know. So she's going to just act a little weird. I don't know if it was an attraction or just a human connection kind of thing, which honestly is what I thought was happening between Dreamy and Nova. I didn't find it to be a romantic connection. Mm. I thought it was just two lost souls. One who only sees the world from the top and one from below. And they'll travel the middle part together. Um, that was so stupid. Sorry. <laughs> just, uh but yeah, I just think that this was this was friendship and just two people who were wildly socially awkward. So. Okay. That's what, well, I don't know. What, well, do you think it's something Leroy, a little more insidious? <laughs> no, I don't think it's insidious. I think she's not being very considerate because it's clear he's attracted to her. And, mm. and not that she owes him any modifications. of She doesn't owe him behavior if he's attracted to her. Like, that's not fair. Like, if, you know, I've had a situation where, like, I, I was friends with a guy and it turns out he was attracted to me the, the whole time. <laughs> it's just not, not to brag or anything. Well, uh, And it's like, you know, I don't, I don't owe him changes to my behavior. Uh, just like, no, you know, Astrid slash Nova doesn't. It's just... It was weird to me, and I don't know. I don't have a solution for it, and I don't know. You could just you could see it in his eyes. The, those were puppy dog love eyes, and she's. It's just like this 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 feed back and forth, and I didn't know where it was going. I I definitely. I mean, to your point, I think it 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 lays into to what I was saying, where it's like it did feel like a very early teenager like interaction because that definitely mm -hmm. has a like, Oh, well this guy is nice to me, whatever. And I'm going to do this. It is it toxic behavior. Absolutely. But it's like an unknowing, like they, she, she's, she's never realized that this is a shitty thing to do to a person. Like, yeah, but she's an adult. I, I, she's she, not a 14 year old is, girl. Is she? <laughs> because she was a fairy <laughs> and then they made her a nun and put nun stuff in her head, but they didn't change her personality at all so it's just the klutziest ditziest whatever which again that's fine but if you put just like a nun layer on top of that it's not going to change much other than the fact that she's now the put in charge of again don't put that nun in in, in charge of buying shit like make her sweep to. the floors <laughs> cut to yeah, exactly just don't let her budget anything cut to her being chewed out by Mother Superior for buying twelve 
dozen. Oh my god, twelve non-refundable, dozen, non-refundable, twelve dozen helium tanks. Um, uh, again, this is before Up existed, but I think that would have been a fun cutaway. We're like, what are we gonna do with all these? Well, this old man wants to skedaddle out of town, but he's only got all <laughs> these balloons, and you got all this helium. Let's party. Um. <laughs> And so we're just like, oh no, we need all this money for rent. Because apparently, gold charges rent to a bunch of nuns. Yikes. And no one questions this. No, but the nuns, the nuns, the nuns who have, who have, who have dedicated their lives to the Lord are afraid of a man for about nickels and dimes. Uh, this is, this is, again, let's talk about toxic relationships. Uh, gold holding it over on some nuts and obviously as we know he's awake and clearly hates fairies he did this on purpose <laughs> or he maybe I don't know in Regina's like chaos chart or whatever he's like I know make the fairies nuns like <laughs> he just wanted to fuck them over as much as he could why did the nuns have a month to month oh my god can you I like the idea that they have a lease on their property where it's just like, look, they're a wonderful cathedral. Here's your lease. It's a two-year agreement. And uh, by the way, if the stained glass isn't completely clean when you move out, you don't get your security deposit back. But he says if they miss one payment, they'll be evicted. And like It's a terrible lease. Yeah, and like, yeah, you can be evicted after missing payments, but usually it takes a couple and you have to like go through the courts and it... This is another problem with Storybrooke. The legal system barely exists. Ooh, we have a university. Fan fiction idea. If anybody, if anybody wants to start writing fan Storybrooke fiction, I just want to read like the curse, but during COVID. So it's just like, well, he's barred from evicting anybody. So like. <laughs> now I want to hear Storybrooke legal. Dun, Storybrooke dun, dun, legal. Dun, I just, dun. I'm telling you, man, it would be amazing. I just want to know the court. and the, Anyway. Um, so Leroy jumps in as a hero. Don't worry, I'm going to sell every single one of these candles. It's just like, how many candles did we sell last year? Again, here is where we know people are bad at business. How many candles did you sell last year? They sold 42. Apparently that's a lost reference, by the way. What is? 42. Well, 42 is a hitchhiker. Yeah, but it's specifically like, I think 42 candles. I I saw a thing that it was like a specific lost reference. Oh, okay. I was like, I was like, oh, 42 is a whole different thing. Okay, gotcha. Gotcha. Lost. Lost is lost on me. Um, but it's like, I sold 42 candles. Oh, so they made like a couple thousand or over a thousand? I don't know. If you sold 42 last year, why did you make this many? It seems like you didn't budget properly and you dug a bunch of, sunk a bunch of costs and something you knew you weren't going to turn around. Also, why are none of the nuns trying to help sell these? So many questions. Um, Leroy's like, I know what we'll do. We're going to sell them. Turns out no one wants to come to their booth. So then Leroy goes, I know what we're going to do. We're going to go door to door. They have to buy a, buy them from us to get rid of us. No, they don't. They can just close the you door on you. You have to enter the home and like be very aggressive, which is not what they did. They stood in the nope. door. They knocked. They said, do you want a candle? They said no and slammed the door and went, damn, that didn't work. <laughs> this was such a bad plan. <laughs> Oh, God. They do that. That doesn't work. Snow decides to give up. And then Leroy starts... They get drunk. And Leroy decides to sell his boat. So he tries to sell his boat to the only person he knows that might have $5,000. Mr. Gold. 
this only goes the way you think it's going to go. Gold finds out that he's trying to buy the boat to save the save the nunnery or the abbey as it may be. Um, and he's just like, no, screw the nuns. I hope they all freeze to death in the winter. And he leaves. So Leroy goes downstairs, I guess, looking for booze. And Astrid shows up with a pie. She's been He's been gone long enough for her to make a pie. I think that's nice. Takes a long time to make a pie. Um, and she's like, I made you a pie. And he's like, oh, cool. And she's like, wait a minute. What's over there underneath the tarp? Is it every single candle we've ever made in the last last year? You lied to me. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. And he leaves. And she leaves. Which is even worse. And he feels like shit. Yes. Because he lied to her like twice now. Like in a very quick succession. And so he thinks of a plan that ultimately works. But again, health and safety OSHA wise, I'm just going to say probably would have killed him. He climbs to the top of the roof and he uses an axe with metal that he is holding in his bare hands and he breaks a transformer that just destroys all the power to the lights, the lights to the party downstairs. He's like, cool, we're selling candles now. I, this this is actually one of, this was an, this was a weird moment, a weird moment that I thought worked where he is like standing he's standing on the edge Mm -hmm. looking down and mary margaret's no don't don't you have so much to live for let me start listing all the names he's like what are you talking about i'm not gonna freaking jump man you stupid like and he's like i would crush someone i'm solidly built i love that because it definitely has this whole like yeah he's gruff and he's grumpy and he's the town drunk but he does care about people that's so nice. He doesn't want to crush somebody. That's that's irresponsible, and he doesn't like it. I did like that. I forgot about that line. I, I also really did like how the solution was to destroy public property. No one finds out, and it works for everybody, and Mary Margaret's cool with it. I actually really liked that. Also because I, it was, well, because it's a transformer, which means that it's a city property. So if anything, this just rolls back on Regina, which t- 10 out of 10, perfect plan. Yeah, but this this felt like like snow. This felt like Mary Margaret channeling more of snow because Mary Margaret would be like, "Oh my goodness, you destroyed it! How could you? I'm so good. I'm Jesus. I'm Mary Magdalene." But but snow is like, yeah, that's a good plan. It worked. We Mary sold Margaret, the candles. Mary Margaret takes off her coat and just dejectedly turns it to the red side. Ah, uh, I'm not Jesus anymore. I'm a harlot. Uh, and oh, and, so they, and, oh, I'm so sorry. No, 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 go ahead. One more thing. Can I also just say, I liked the the, the buddy team up of, of Snow and Grumpy of Mary Margaret and Leroy. I thought it was a, like, the episode overall, I think is not a good episode. No. But I love the two of them together. And like, considering he's the main dwarf that she spends time with in the show, I, I, I found them to be a blast. I loved them together, getting drunk and then destroying public property. That's that's perfect, too, because that's probably what they were doing in fairy tale land together anyway. It's just like her getting drunk with the dwarves after a long day at working in the mines and or whatever they were doing. And they're finding that friendship, that friendships coming back together in the real world against Regina's wishes. They're They're all finding each other. And mm-hmm. that's nice, even if they're finding each other for very strange and odd circumstances. Uh, so they sell all the candles. Yeah. And 
in a moment that I really like, and I like this because it makes it seem like like Granny is the cultural lead of the town, where Snow is walking around with an unlit candle. Like, she blew it out and then just carried it around. Well, she blew it out. She was going to leave, and then she's like, I'm not going to give him the satisfaction, and she turns around with, like, yes. sad sad orphan face she's just she's just walking just having the little is the loneliest number that you'll ever and granny just goes hold up girl and she lights her candle for her smiles kind of gives her like a no and nod and then everyone's just like welcome back welcome back mary margaret thanks you did your time like it's just like she she did her walk of shame and now it's fine again yeah uh but not before and everything's fine oh man Everything's fine. Everything's looking up. It's all going to be okay. Sheriff shows Dave, up. David's watching from the distance. David's watching from the distance because he doesn't know anybody. He can't, like, walk in there. Like, he can't do anything. He doesn't have a candle and no one will light it. He's like, I don't even have a candle for someone to light. I am candleless. I am even more dejected and out, uh, out of touch. And the sheriff shows up and arrests him. Well, she doesn't arrest him. She doesn't cuff him or anything. But she leads him into the back of the car. She doesn't even do that nice thing where she holds his head and pushes his head with the... the or does the double to. tap on, on her own car. Yeah. Ready to go. Uh, and she takes David away in the back of the old squad car. And everyone sees. Like, it is just a... I, I imagined it was that thing that happens in, like, middle school. Like, it's just like, Beth, you need to come to the principal's office. Ooh. <laughs> so now, Sheriff has been... The Sheriff has taken in David in suspicion... With the disappearance of his wife. Because obviously, as by the way, your husband mentioned a number of times at my own, at my wedding, that how would it, how does it feel knowing that if my husband goes missing or dies, I am the prime suspect. <laughs> so when your wife goes missing, you are the prime did he, suspect. Did he put that in a toast? I think he, I think he really did. <laughs> oh my God. I need to have a talk with him. This is like, this is not my fault. I had literally met Tim like a month before your wedding. So that's not oh. on me. That's oh. not on me. I am not First responsible. All, just, you know what? Just <laughs> off topic moment since we already talked about Baby Dragon and like our, our Baby Dragon part do electric boogaloo. Um, uh, just the beginning of, and I think I've mentioned this before. Yeah, no, yeah, he knew you. He'd known you for like a minute, but he talked about you incessantly. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, this is the most. Tim has ever talked about a woman and he's barely, and he's like, oh yeah. And she's doing, she's doing like a polar dip on, on like January 1st and he goes, and I'm going to go. And I'm like, he, he's going to go to an, a sports activity in the middle of January. Oh, he going to marry this girl. He is going to marry her. (laughs) So it all comes to fruition because in that moment, I did not realize that he was speaking about my future podcast empire creator. So it all comes full circle, guys. See, we all it find does. each other in the fun, egg, strange, crazy the ways. Egg, that's when our, the egg of the podcast, done hatched. <laughs> and, and, the a does and a dreamy on- bald guy popped out. <laughs> Fairy dust sprinkled on the podcast show. <laughs> and, the, uh, and the snake said it was good. And it was good. <laughs> oh my god. Well, I think that's the best way to close out this episode. Season 1, episode 14. Dreamy. Oh my goodness. Dream a little dream of me. 
Thank you. <laughs> uh, we want to thank everybody for joining us. Uh, we, will, of course, want to thank our uh, our wonderful uh, Snow Queen patrons. We've got a new one joining us, Lisa Slack. Thank you, Lisa. Welcome. Also, also Jacob Fulcott, Paul, Brian, Sanina, Blake Brinkley, and Zach Chobanoff. You can... Also support us on Patreon. That is patreon.com slash OUA timing. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. You can join our Facebook group. That is facebook.com slash group slash OUA timing. Find us on Twitter at OUA timing. I am at Beth Elderkin. I am at just underscore Abby. And we will be back next week with, oh, oh, this is going to be a good one. Red handed. I remember some of this episode and ooh this is this is going to be a tough one but instead of dreamy where it was tough because we had to get through it and they had a lot of things going on this one is it's going to be a lot you guys we're going to well we're going to get through it together this is so. this is one of those moments where this is the lowest point, um, as a lot of people say in season one, this episode. Uh, this is the first time Once Upon a Time shows us their major flex of, okay, we go down and this episode kind of sucked, but just wait till next week. We got to swing back up. It's going to be, it's not going to be a full swing up, but it'll be fine. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. guys, pumped. I have just four words for you to tease you for next week. Granny with a crossbow. Yes. Thanks so much. And Abby, we will see you next week. Oh, we will see you next week. Woohoo! <laughs>